If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sil with a money-back guarantee. It's all-natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sil, like silicon. Go to sierrasil.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. Thank you for finding us here and for sharing these sacred, quiet hours as I tell you the tale of a hard-working man who gets the most unusual kind of help. Before we embark on this story by the Brothers Grimm, let us wrap ourselves in whatever keeps you cozy and safe and warm. My comfort zone, my bed, is made sweeter thanks to the same pair who bring you this podcast, these stories, for free. Two RNs named Kathy and Kim at Envy Pillow. I've been a fan, a customer, for nearly two decades, and they just keep improving, getting better and greener with time, now with germ-clearing copper. These pillows are copper-infused, supportive, comfortable, and kind to Mother Earth. And now, listeners to Drift get 10% off all purchases using the code DRIFT. Learn more in the morning at Envy. That's E-N-V-Y Pillow. Let's take a few minutes before we get to our story to make sure you're in the right head and body space to receive. First, with a deep breath in and out. And now again, but this time as you exhale, feeling your body sinking into your bed, your recliner, your couch, or wherever you are right now. Be here with me, because there's nothing else more important than your rest. For you, and for everyone you help, day in and day out. As you breathe deeply now, concentrate on your feet, making them feel heavy and limp. Then your calves, your thighs, your backside. Is your back feeling heavy, too? Imagine the indentation you're making, like you're lying on a bed of foam. Maybe you are. Or the softest, thickest cloud your mind can conjure. Now to your belly. Let it relax and fill up with every cleansing breath. Move up to your chest. Can you hear your heartbeat? It should be nice and slow by now. Is your neck relaxed, or is it still holding up that often busy head of yours? Let's drop your shoulders into the mattress or chair. Your arms are limp and in just the right position. And your hands, wiggle your fingers, and wave goodbye to the cares of your day. Let's move to your head now. Let your jaw relax completely. Rest your tongue. Close your eyes heavily and let your eyebrows rest as well. Finally, just let your head feel heavy on your pillow or on your arm and take a deep breath in and out. You're getting good at this. And just once more now, another inhale. And this time as you exhale, 
think these words I am safe I am loved I am at peace and if you're ready let's drift once upon a time there was a shoemaker now this man was very honest and worked really hard but he couldn't even make ends meet for himself and his wife of so many years even on a shoestring budget if you will as time went on the couple had almost nothing left nothing to show for the man's years of labor and dedication to being the best darn shoemaker there ever was all they had to their name were just a few morsels of food a canister of tea and enough leather to make one pair of shoes his heart may well have been troubled but he put his faith in the universe and went about his evening as he always did the man laid out his leather and cut it just perfectly for that final pair of footwear he would make in the morning and then his conscience clear his mind and body relaxed he went to bed leaving his cares to heaven soon he fell into a deep and restorative sleep even his wife whose way was to toss and turn as she concerned herself with how little they had and how they would make it through another day eventually closed her eyes and began to snore quietly the next morning as robin sang lustily in the oak tree outside his bedroom window the man awoke he rubbed his eyes and greeted the day and leaving his wife to her slumber said his morning prayers put on his tattered robe and padded barefoot out to where the fireplace and his little workbench awaited him you can only imagine his surprise when squinting through the dusty morning sunshine he thought he was seeing a mirage for there on his trusty worn and weathered workbench could it be why yes it was a brand new pair of shiny brown leather shoes sure it was the same leather he had cut out and those beautiful gleaming shoes were of the pattern he had always used but these shoes oh he had not made them they were however most definitely up to his standards not a stitch out of place not one thread needing clipping it was the most beautiful pair of shoes ever to come from his humble workbench but he did not know what to think or to say for he was quite sure they were not his handiwork he ran to the bedroom and awakened his wife who came out to see what all the matter was like her husband she too could not believe her own eyes the couple had scarcely had time to finish their pot of tea or to warm a biscuit in the sun to share for breakfast when the first customer of the day knocked upon their heavy oaken door i say said the man when the shoemaker greeted him do you happen to have a pair of shoes in my size today why yes 
said the shoemaker, for his many years of making footwear by hand had trained him to size up the length and the width of any person's foot almost instantaneously. In fact, he went on, I have just the pair for you today. These beautiful chestnut-colored leather shoes are the finest I have ever seen. Oh, said the man reverently, turning one shoe and then the other in his hands. That they are. I shall try them on for good measure. Yes, precisely that, laughed the shoemaker, who enjoyed his customer's play on words. And when the man had placed the shiny, soft, but sturdy shoes upon his feet, he practically danced on the fieldstone floor of the man's little house. I shall take these, please, and I will pay you dearly for them, for never in my life have I donned a more beautiful and more comfortable pair of shoes. Are you sure you didn't make them just for me? The shoemaker laughed modestly and remarked at how kind the man was. Then he pocketed the hefty coins, wrapped the man's shoes in cheesecloth, and handed him his treasure, closing the door behind him. Oh, my, said the shoemaker to his wife. Now I shall have enough money to buy from the tanner sufficient fine leather to make not one, but two pair of shoes. She suggested instead he pick up some bacon and bread but the man was determined to buy more material for his craft. And so, donning his hat and his own modest sandals, off he went to the tanner three doors down. That night, just before going to bed, with the biggest smile he had worn in quite some time, the man repeated his nightly ritual. Only this time. Twice. After sharpening his best scissors, he cut out the forms for two pair of shoes. He did not know for sure what might happen while he slept, but he was happy to go to bed and see if perhaps, just maybe, he might find a lovely surprise when the sun rose the next day. Well, that he did. He and his wife awoke as the skies turned from pink to gold and nearly ran to his workbench. And once again, there were shoes, but this time not one pair, but two, just as they had hoped. The man who had purchased the shoemaker's creation the day before had been strutting, nearly dancing around town, and creating quite a stir, for everyone wanted to know about those lovely leather shoes. Where did they come from? What did they cost? And were there more? That second day, there was somewhat of a rush at the shoemaker's business. He sold both new pair within an hour, each buyer finding the footwear to be as luxurious and finely made as the one before him, and every visitor quite anxious to pay top dollar for the spectacular shoes. And so there was money enough for more leather again, in addition to a loaf of bread and a pound of bacon. So the shoemaker came to his wife, arms full of bounty, and they celebrated with tea and bread and meat 
and went to bed with their bellies full for the first time they could remember in forever. But before they retired for the evening, the shoemaker cut and laid out the forms for four pair of shoes. And as sure as the sun rose the next day, there on his workbench were the same number of artisanally crafted footwear gleaming in the light and sparkling in rich hues of chestnut and deep harvest gold. What a glorious sight to behold. Just as he had hoped, these shoes sold as quickly as his previous three pair. Now he could buy more leather and a few more provisions for the pantry, as well as a new smock for his wife, and wool for her to knit him a new sweater. How fortunate they were! The couple was satisfied and filled with the joy that accompanies overcoming such dire straits as they had endured for almost as long as they had been wed, which was more years than either of them had counted. One evening, just around New Year's, the man and his wife sat near the fire, holding hands, counting their blessings. And it was then that the husband had an idea. Dear wife, I think that tonight I should like to sit up and see just what is going on while we sleep. Oh, said she, do you think that is wise? I can't imagine why not. I would just like to observe and get some idea as to what great gift is being bestowed upon us night after night, for we are so very fortunate. That we are, my love, and we will stand behind this curtain together to watch what it is that goes on. And so, after cutting forms out of leather once again, the couple left one lamp lit in the corner, and then closed their bedroom door, so as to give the impression that once again they had gone to sleep. And taking barely a breath as they stood there, the husband and wife hid and watched. The cuckoo clock on the wall ticked away methodically, tick, 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 until midnight, when the tiny mechanical bird poked his head out from a birdhouse twelve times, and no sooner had the cuckoo settled back inside the clock than in through the door came not one, but two little elves, naked as you please. They hopped up and sat themselves on the shoemaker's bench, and without a word or a moment of hesitation, began to work with the leather, the needles, the threads, and everything they needed to complete one pair, then another, and another. They worked with such speed in a symphony of coordination and deftness that the shoemaker and his wife couldn't take their eyes off them. They made it all look so easy, which, of course, anything difficult is not. But one with talent can give such an impression in completing a task at which they have an immense gift. And that is what the shoemaker and his wife were witnessing. It took only an hour or so for the elves to finish four pair, and like a flash, just as quickly as they came, the naked imps were gone. The couple, 
exhausted with their subterfuge, and not even knowing what to say to each other, retired to their beds, both bewildered by the magic they had just witnessed. The next morning, after prayers, and before the first of what would undoubtedly be many more customers that day arrived, the couple began to talk. Husband, I have a question. You saw those dear elves. They have not a thing to wear, and that's neither decent nor right when we have so much. What shall we do? I was wondering the same thing myself. What if, he said, what if you were to sew them some clothes, and I could make them each a pair of shoes? What would you think of that? A wonderful idea, she responded. That's what I think. That day, after the shoes had sold, rather than enjoy a quiet afternoon, the couple went to the mercantile and bought wool cloth, felt, brightly checked cotton, and the smoothest silk from bolts. They picked out tiny buttons for little fingers to manipulate. They purchased hides from the tanner, but with a few extra, smaller scraps this time. Then they searched the yard for two jaunty feathers and returned to their home before dinner. Over the next few days, the husband and wife were busy at work, he making the loveliest tiny boots and his wife sewing silk pantaloons. A wool vest and jacket and two beautiful cotton shirts to go with the outfits, which were topped off by felt caps, each adorned with a feather. Finally, the clothes were finished, and just as had been the case with the work of the elves every night since that fateful first evening, not a stitch was out of place, not a button amiss. The tiny outfits were perfect. With pride and excitement, they laid them out on the workbench that night, placing them carefully so as not to get any boot or shoe polish on them. And just as they had that first night of discovery, they left a lamp lit ever so dimly and hid themselves behind a curtain. What they saw warmed their hearts for the rest of their days, for no sooner had the clock struck twelve midnight once again, but the elves sped through the door and went straight for the cobbler's workbench. But instead of finding neatly cut out pieces of leather with which to make the shoes, they each discovered a sharp little outfit that fit them as perfectly as the footwear they made for the shoemaker's customers. The elves proudly showed each other their ensembles, turning this way and that, and pointing out the beautiful accents, the stitching, the buttons, the stylish feathers in their caps. They grasped hands and danced in circles, finally falling down in laughter, then covering their mouths in sudden awareness that they dare not wake up the man and woman of the house. As they pirouetted their way out the front door, the husband and wife watched them dance across the green and into the forest. It was the last night that they ever saw those elves. But by now, the shoemaker and his wife were quite comfortable, ready to retire, 
and put away their tools and shoemaking bench for good. But best of all, they knew that they, too, had helped in the best way they could, and now everyone could be happy. And with that, and thoughts of laughing elves, and a smiling elderly couple holding hands as they watched their tiny friends run and dance into the night, never to be seen again. I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>